Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of High on Film. I'm your host, Chris Maxwell, coming to you live from a 400,000 ton comet barreling towards Earth, destined to kill us all. And with me as always, the man right to my left, the Brad Davis that God gave us, my co-host and friend, Brad Davis. Hey Chris, very excited to be here. This is an historic day. We've got front row seats of the apocalypse. Uh, that's right, Brad. Our astronaut friends who do not respect us are just about done setting the nukes that should blow this comet to bits before it ever reaches our atmosphere. Exciting stuff, Chris. And it should be noted that it's not all fun and games up here. We've already had our obligatory crew member float off into the cold, dark, endless space. Mm. Our condolences to Colonel Myers, wherever he may be. And tragedy struck again, this time in Sergeant Tanner's bunk. Yes, uh, you might be familiar with the space madness from Armageddon, or the space blindness that occurs in Deep Impact. We're sad to report Sergeant Tanner has contracted space acne. Never a more appropriate time for the nickname Craterface. And here he comes now. It looks like he's waving to us. Yeah, now he's running. Towards the ship. Uh, I think it's time to go. Uh, grab the mic! Hey, wait for us! you guys were gonna leave without us. Nukes are set and ready to blow. We have to get out of blast range. Strap in. Wow. Thought there would have been a countdown. And I'm no rocket scientist, but I thought there would have been a lot more debris than this. I'm getting a view of it now. I'm happy to report that we no longer have an apocalyptic comet headed towards Earth. Instead, we're facing two very catastrophic comets headed towards our planet. That's extremely embarrassing for these astronauts, Chris, to work so hard and fail so spectacularly. I feel like the smart move here would have been to hire deep core drillers. I'm looking at this team now, and I gotta say, not a lot of happy faces. Alright, that's enough. Time for you two to go. Go where? We're in space. From Los Angeles, California, it's High on Film! Tonight, we've got Jen Murray in Deep Impact. Keep doing your church thing on tonight's episode. Well, hello, and welcome to another exciting episode of High on Film. I'm Chris Maxwell, your host for episode 252. A little bit of a break uh, in between 250 and 251, but we are back week to week. And here it is, episode 252, and today we are covering Deep Impact from the year of our Lord, 1998, directed by Mimi Leader, written by Bruce Joel Rubin and Michael Tolkien, and released on May 8th. 1998, a full seven and a half weeks before Armageddon. And why is that important, you ask? Well, because this is part two of our very first Fraternal Twin double feature. Wait, Chris, what's a Fraternal Twin film? You're probably saying right now. And I'm here to tell you, it's when two different studios release films with similar premises uh, and, and, uh, around the same time. They'll put them out, you know, like this, within seven and a half weeks of one another. Uh, you know, like Dante's Peak and Volcano, like Ants and Bugs Life, or Armageddon and Deep Impact. And ideally, by the end of this episode, we will have determined which film has had the bigger effect, the longer cultural influence, the greater result, the richer wallop, <laughs> the deeper impact. <laughs> <laughs> But before we go any further, I must introduce you to a couple of people. First, the man right to my left, the podcaster of disaster and the Brad Davis that God gave us, my co-host and friend, Brad Davis. Hello. Hey, Brad. Hi, Chris. How's it going tonight? Uh, good. Good. After that, very good. Oh, terrific. <laughs> yes. Now, Deep Impact, we were saying before uh, the movie today that I think we've both seen this uh, 
a crazy number of times for it being Deep Impact. Yes, not <laughs> as many times as I've seen Armageddon, but that was probably my fourth watch. Yeah, I think yeah. I'm right around there too. Four or five, maybe. Yeah. Crazy. I guess so. What's your Armageddon count? Probably closer to double digits, probably okay. in the nine or ten range or something. Yeah, at least pieces. I know I've seen pieces of Armageddon where I don't think I've ever watched Deep Impact, like just caught it on TV T- or yeah, something. TBS or something. No, I've definitely done that with Armageddon quite a few times. Absolutely. Well, let's let's not waste any more time. Uh, we do have a guest today. Oh, good. Yes, that's she, great news. We're we're lucky that she's joining us for for both of these films so that we can uh, more accurately compare them. Mm-hmm. You know, give them a real head to head competition we definitely need help with that we do we need we need help with every episode we always have a guest <laughs> that's right she's back the owner and proprietor of that that's what she said sketch show uh she's a very funny comedian and she helped us uh dissect armageddon here she is one more time the very funny jen murray hello i'm back that's right You're back. <laughs> i'm back i survived <laughs> you survived you survived armageddon only to be thrown into deep impact oh yeah it's been a rough and tumble Richer wallop of a... <laughs> a richer wallop of a ride. Oh, richer wallop. I thought good. that was a good one. Thank it's you. great, yeah. <laughs> I'll be taking that one home with me. <laughs> it is yours as a thank you for doing the show. Ah. Uh, Nothing else. Fair enough. We mentioned last week that you love Armageddon. I do. Well, I, yeah, I... Yeah. <laughs> right? She's like, I don't want to go too hard on the record Yeah, on that yeah, one. yeah, yeah. I was well, like... Well, you, you loved, I guess, in I was like 1450 when I said right. I loved it. In 1450, it. you loved Armageddon. <laughs> in 1450, I loved it. Again. And then I've seen seven other movies since then, so... Wow. Yeah. But somehow, you never came across this little gem, Deep Impact. Yeah. I had never seen it until today. <laughs> till today. Starring all your favorite stars. Richard, yeah. Richard Schiff. People I recognize and couldn't name anybody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I kept going, who's that? Who's that? <laughs> Red Foreman, Blair Underwood, yeah. John Favreau. Yeah. Claire from Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. Claire from Grey's Anatomy. Lily Sobieski from The Glass House. And um, another movie when she was a teenager with Josh Harnett. Lily Sobieski? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's And Chris Klein? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Some kind of love heaven, triangle on a some lake. Some heaven thing? Yeah. Heaven's in the title. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Heaven's in the title. <laughs> Right. It's in the title. Yeah. That's all you need to know. It's good. Movie experts here are setting ourselves up. Heaven and Earth? All about heaven? <laughs> I think it's all about heaven. That's probably right. <laughs> and of course, Elijah Wood from Sin City. <laughs> yeah. And, and The Good Son. And The Good Son. I was going to say. That's where I first Best known from The Good Son. Yeah. Another Tolkien. A writer. Uh, Tolkien. Oh, yes. Uh, although, good point. Although, uh, this Tolkien actually wrote um, uh, the Robert Altman film The Player, he did Changing Lanes, the Ben Affleck uh, movie. Yeah. And uh, actually, Brad, you'll be interested to hear this. He wrote and uh, I believe helped create uh, Escape from Denimora. Oh, cool. That was a great series. Yeah. You've raved about it. And I don't pay Showtime any money. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think I did either. I found a way around that. Uh, okay, there you go. Oh, we'll edit boy. that out. Uh-oh. We'll edit that out. Nope, we're going to cut right to the trailer. So if you haven't seen Deep Impact, or if you've seen it, it's just been a while, you need a refresher, we prepared a little trailer for you, and it goes a little something like this. In 1998, only one apocalypse was imaginable. A comet colliding with Earth. The comet we discovered is the size of New York City. From the north side of Central Park to the Battery about seven miles long. This comet is larger than Mount Everest. It weighs 500 billion tons. Elijah Wood plays fame-hungry Leo Biederman, who spots a global killer in an attempt to impress a girl. You know, you're gonna have sex a lot more now than anyone else in our class. Famous people always get sex, Mr. Perry. That's the main reason it's good to be famous. And Taya Leone stars as Jenny Lerner, a plucky reporter who stumbles onto the story completely by accident. Well, we could talk about your wife, but we could just talk about Ellie. She'll be kidnapped by one of your top four favorite movie presidents. Wait, who are the other three? 
Uh, Bill Pullman, Michael Douglas, and Harrison Ford. Got my vote. And a government secret will be uncovered. What do you know about Ellie? We'll be introduced to an all-astronaut team of B-list celebrities led by Robert Duvall, completely assembled off-screen. You're saying John Favreau's not A-list. I'm saying he wasn't in 1998. You don't let A-listers just float off into space. I mean, they let George Clooney float off into space. John Favreau is not George Clooney. Yeah, they're closer than you think. Both actors worked in superhero movies. Both acclaimed directors. Okay, I can't do this with you right now. Where were we? Oh, right. Astronaut cookout. Then it's the second half of Armageddon, only this time, they fail. Life goes on. Life goes on, okay. <laughs> now, buckle up for 30 minutes of news coverage and commentary. As things get more and more dire. I can't believe this. This is so weird. Leo Biederman will rely on one thing. Everything got mixed up in Washington, so the president thought I was dead too. His privilege. I'm the famous Leo Biederman, and I haven't used my fame for anything. Brace yourself as someone from each storyline will make the ultimate sacrifice. How are we supposed to get back off the surface once we've, uh, once we've gotten down there? We don't. From executive producer Steven Spielberg and director Mimi Leader, coming off The Peacemaker, starring undeniable A-lister George Clooney. I'm just saying A-listers float off all the time. Scream, Psycho, G.I. Joe Retaliation. Paramount Pictures presents the smarter, more realistic, and ultimately less exciting asteroid movie. Head for the high ground. Deep impact. The Lily Sobieski movie is here on Earth. Uh, I think I was confusing that with Heaven and Earth, which I believe is a Tommy Lee Jones movie. I actually should have looked that up too. Uh, I, I get Tommy Lee <laughs> Jones and Lily Sobieski confused all the time. Yes. <laughs> which one's in the fugitive? Heaven. Lily. 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 A young Helen Hunt. Yeah. Heaven and Earth. Tommy Lee Jones. I was right on that. There you go. All right. Fun stuff. Expertise. (laughs) Redeemed. (laughs) All right, guys. It's time for our most famous game on the podcast. And now it's time for Trash. Star. Destroy. That's right, it's Trash Star Destroy. We're going to give you three movies of a similar ilk and ask you to trash one, which means eliminate it from existence. Star in one, which means you can take whatever role you'd like for your selfish actor heart. And uh, the third movie then must be destroyed, which means the only version of that film that has ever existed has been both written and directed by Master of Destruction, Michael Bay. All right? Now, this being a fraternal twin uh, pairing about uh, asteroids hitting the Earth, um, and potential world-ending events. I don't want to say extinction-level events. We'll get to that. Um, this category is called Armageddon. Three movies where the world ends. Ish. Ish. Uh-huh. Ish. End-ish. So we'll do last week's Armageddon. Mm-hmm. We'll do The Day After Tomorrow with Jake Gyllenhaal and Dennis Quaid. And 2012 with John Cusack, Woody Harrelson, et al., Mm. Armageddon, the day after tomorrow, 2012. Trash. Star Destroy. Well, I've seen all of these movies. <laughs> Good. <laughs> so you, can't, you uh, come prepared. Yeah, yeah. I'm Our from... lie detector's not going off, so I assume you're telling the truth. Oh, yes. I forgot I was hooked up to this thing. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I've seen them all. So I'd probably... Uh, what was, this, what was the second one? The Jake The Jones? Day After Tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Where wolves roam a iced over Manhattan because they came in on a Russian ship. 
oh, that sounds fun. Okay, so <laughs> I will. <laughs> Not as fun as you think. I hated that movie. Movie sucks. Yeah. Oh, well, how'd you feel about 2012? I, I know how I felt, but just tell me how you, you know, felt. It's a mess. <laughs> it's a Roland Emmerich mess of an end of world thing, but there's some fun parts, I guess. Okay. It covers a lot. Like, okay. like Deep Impact, it has a big scope. I'm going to um, trash Day After Tomorrow. Good choice. Good call. Okay, good. Okay, yeah, good point. Okay. I'm going to star in 2012, only because 2012 was a pretty good year for me, so I imagine it'll translate. Sure, naturally. And I'll probably take the role of, um, oh, who's that? Amanda Peet. Amanda Peet, right. I believe is. I believe, yeah, she's with John Cusack. Mandy Peet. Yeah. yeah. Mandy Peet's tea and coffee. And I will be... <laughs> <laughs> giving uh, she should buy one of those M- Michael have. Bay can keep Armageddon cause um I like it that makes the most sense yeah, yeah. it's just more Michael Bay now yeah yeah, yeah. amp it up yeah Thandie Newton also in 2012 oh oh she would tell Ezio for Oliver Platt everybody loves Oliver Platt oh, Oliver McCarthy. Platt yeah Danny Glover mm. yeah. I, yeah I said it all yeah it's a good guess uh th- th- those are my um those are your well researched choices Great, great choices. Thank you. Great research. Thank you. Um, I guess I would star in Armageddon, and I'd probably take Ben Affleck's role. Yeah. Um, I don't want to work with Michael Bay, but that's the one, that's the role that would be, I don't know, best remembered or something to that effect, so I'll do that against maybe better judgment. Uh, I will trash... Day After Tomorrow, because, yeah, that movie, I was real bummed out after I was, mm-hmm. like, I spent, like, two plus hours watching this movie. I was like, ugh. Wolves in a iced over post-apocalyptic Manhattan. I know. When the wolves came out, I was like, what, are these, live? what are these wolves doing here? Yeah, yeah. great I, question. Yeah. Came in on a Russian ship. Yeah, and I was like, is that ship Russian? And then yeah. you were like, yeah, and I was like. Or the like, ship crashed oh. the zoo. I don't know. It's stupid. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, and then I'm giving... 2012 to Michael Bay, which might improve that movie. I mean, I've I've only seen it once. It was a long. It was around when it came out, but it might improve it. Maybe he's in the middle of making Transformers movies, so it still could be pretty messy. But that's true. Who that's knows? A great point. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> but a, yeah, those are my choices. Uh, you know, they're they're right in line with mine. Uh, Armageddon. Give me AJ. Come on. <laughs> give me AJ. Give me AJ. <laughs> Just like Liv Tyler said. That's right. Your yeah. favorite side of that. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Give me that AJ Polt part. Pull. Give me that AJ Polt. <laughs> 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 <Yeah. laughs> Gotta do vocal warm-ups before you start the podcast. Sure. Yeah. For all you kids out there. Um, yeah, 2012. Let's give it to Michael Bay. I'd I like to see that. Let's, let's give him Crazy Woody Harrelson. That's going to be a plus. And they actually do build a full arc ships in 2012 instead of just having caves that actually float like Noah's Ark and there's like a bunch of them. That, that causes some fun, uh, exciting moments in the film. And uh, yeah, Trash the Day After Tomorrow because that's I really hated that movie. I saw it in theaters and it was it really made me not like Jake Gyllenhaal, which I'm only now just recovering from in the in most recent years. Now, is there a certain part of the movie that you hated the most? Uh, probably... <laughs> Uh, so so New York is frozen ship? over. Okay, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. Great, I love it. A Russian ship sails into it. It's Russian. Because, of course, the waters have not receded. Mm, of course. Mm. Yeah, so it gets all the way up to, like, the like the Met or something. Is there anything on the ship? I'm pretty sure there are wild wolves. What? Who have eaten the crew. <laughs> of course, uh, that's what wolves do. And are do. now released into snowy uh, New York City. Where they hunt down Jake Gyllenhaal and the Emmy female Rossum? Emmy Rossum is. Emmy who, Rossum? I was. I was like, it's not Maggie Gyllenhaal, but it's that would like be weird. That. that would have been really weird in that movie. Oh, like John Cusack and Joan Cusack are in a lot of movies together. Yeah, but I think uh, yeah. their love interest. <laughs> Emmy <laughs> Rossum and Jake Gyllenhaal are a love interest in that movie. I when believe. you're a good actor, yes. you're a good actor. I um, what's the difference between an arc and a ship? Size, I guess. Size. Yeah, and animals. I think you can have animals. No, so no animals on ship. No animals on ship. The only cat. That's true. Steps on a ship. Yeah. It's an ark. No, it's an ark. No, it's it's, it's, a, it's illegal. It's got to be two cats. Oh, it's got to be two yeah, cats. Yeah, come on. <laughs> of course. Jeff. 
Only animals that are allowed on ships are parrots. <laughs> if you want to have an animal and you want it to sail, it has to be on an ark. You got to get an ark. <laughs> and and we learned something. Today. Yeah. And that's, right. that's the. We're more educational now that we're back. That's coming from Navy.gov. So oh. I can see it there. <laughs> yeah. Chris's homepage. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Guys, we have one more trash star destroy to get to, and that is the category we've all been waiting for. <laughs> it's called President Freeman. Mm. Morgan Freeman has played the president, or a president, I should say, in three films. So let's let's trash star destroy him. <laughs> of course, the film we just watched, Deep Impact, he is a wonderful president. Mm-hmm. He plays President Nelson Mandela in Clint Eastwood's Invictus. Mm-hmm. And he plays the president who climbed to the top of the chain in the first two movies uh, in the third installment of another fraternal twin film. The fraternal twin film is <laughs> Olympus Has Fallen, but, he, but Morgan Freeman... White House, no. Uh, yeah, White House Downs, it's pairing. Yes. But the third film where Morgan Freeman actually rises to the rank of president rises to the rank is elected president I know how democracy works don't worry about it I know to vote all about education it's called Angel Has Fallen so Trash Star Destroy Deep Impact what an intro for great actor Morgan Freeman wow yes voice of the penguins Morgan Freeman Trash Star Destroy Deep Impact Invictus and Angel Has Fallen I, I forgot Clint Eastwood directed Invictus uh, yes. Which gives me a bit of a different opinion. Matt Damon, South African sucker. On that category. <laughs> Where they call it football, I believe. Because um, there's part of me that wants to trash Invictus just so it's not directed by Clint Eastwood and it's not directed by Michael Bay. And somebody else maybe tells that story. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I've honestly never seen it, so maybe it's very good. Uh, I've never seen Invictus. Nominated um, for two Oscars. Yeah, but that feels like a bad match. Uh, so Costumes I'll... and original score. <laughs> <laughs> best football match. <laughs> yep. And, and best good South a... African accent. Best attempt at a South African accent. <laughs> attempt. It's different than the category yeah, of actual South African Two separate categories accent. at the Oscars. We all know that. No, it's, it's Freeman and Damon both are nominated. Mm. Oh, wow, really? Yeah. Mm. Um, still, I'll, I guess I'll trash that. Uh, <laughs> I'm double checking that now. <laughs> Please do. Um, oh, that leaves, so then it's Deep Impact and... Confirmed. What's the other one? Deep Impact and... Angel Has Fallen. Oh, God. Gerard right. Butler. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess I'll star in Angel Has Fallen? Uh, I'll take the Gerard Butler role. Not Nick Nolte, huh? The dad. The grizzled old dad. Yeah. Nick Nolte. Nick Nolte. <laughs> He's mean, not French like Gerard Butler. <laughs> I mean, I, it, at least I get to work with Morgan Freeman that way. Only a little. He's only in the very beginning and very end. Yeah, it's all right. It'd be cool to do like an action movie type thing. And then that means I'm giving... Deep Impact. To Michael Bay. Hilarious. Uh, I love it. Okay, yeah. I mean, I came to this without, without... It's pretty obvious. I did not think this through. Uh, but that's what I'm doing. I dig it. He's made six Transformers movies. He can make two Asteroid movies. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's true. I'll, I'll give Deep Impact to Michael Bay. Yeah, I'll destroy Deep Impact. I'll trash Angel Has Fallen. And I'll star in Invictus. <laughs> Nelson Mandela. <laughs> Uh, what it, as the sucker as the chair that Clint Eastwood yells at <laughs> throughout. As Clint Eastwood's directing chair. Uh, let's see. Perfect. Penny Downey as Mrs. Pinar is the first white woman built in the cast. Yeah, Perfect. I'm gonna be the. So, that's probably. You're, she's the chair. I'm the chair. Yeah, right. she's the chair. The chair at the 2000. Next to him on set. Eight Republican convention. Your 12 or 12? I think it was 12. I think it's 12. Okay. You know, I boy, I'm I'm very tempted here. I think I'm going to star in Deep Impact. And Tay- Taylor on his father. Taylor on his father. Jason Lerner. <laughs> uh, no, I'm I'm gonna play um, Oren, the captain of the uh, astronauts. Ron Eldard. Or... Yeah, Elron. El- Elrod. What's his name? Ron Eldard. Ron Eldard. Yeah. Yeah. Ron Eldard. Sorry, bud. Yeah. 
Iceman. You get to go. Ice you get I don't to like go it because you're dangerous. Yeah, I get to go blind. I get to hang out with Blair Underwood and Robert Duvall and uh, uh, John Favreau for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's not bad. That's actually a pretty good choice. In retrospect, I kind of wish I would have done that. I get yeah. to go blind. I get to talk to a pregnant stomach. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I can say. Proceed directly off. <laughs> Robert Duvall's gonna read to you. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, that's fun. That, that is be nice. A lovely memory. That is pretty nice. Yeah. Oh, uh, you're right. I was wrong. I rescind mine. Yeah. Then I think I'm going to trash Invictus. Uh, admittedly, it's the only one of these I haven't seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also because I don't want Michael Bay touching it, I'd much rather Michael Bay make the third Has Fallen movie. And, Might make uh, it pretty good, actually. Yeah, maybe. Back to his roots, you know? A little shoot him up mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's what I'm doing. All right, guys. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with more High on Film, more Jen Murray, and much more Deep Impact after this. Current politics got you down? Well, we've got the end of the world movie for you. Immerse yourself in the Cold War politics of yesteryear with 1979's Meteor, starring Sean Connery, Natalie Wood, a scene-stealing performance by Carl Malden, and featuring a climactic set that could have been taken from any 70s disaster film. But fear not, there's a real PSA at the end, reassuring the viewers that America has a program to destroy asteroids. Meteor, there's no place on Earth to hide. Please settle down. We're honored and excited to have with us today two true American heroes, the podcastronauts themselves. Everyone give a warm Hill Valley High Astronomy Club welcome to Chris Maxwell and Brad Davis. Thank you. But the true heroes are all of you who asked us, the real heroes, to come and speak about the astronaut guys. And before we go any further, I'd like to dispel a rumor. We weren't kicked off the shuttle. We were voted off, fair and square. Do we regret taking both escape pods now knowing that the other astronauts are stuck in space? Who's to say? It's just that escape pods are small and very uncomfortable. Does anyone have a question for our guests? Anne-Marie. Yes. How do you feel about the two comets set to destroy Earth being renamed Maxwell and Davis? It's cool. Uh, No such thing as bad publicity, right? Just remember to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Oh, yes. The reviews are very important in reaching new listeners. Next question. Robbie? Yeah. Did you guys get any tang in space? (laughs) I'll feel this one. In 1996, the Tang Corporation's contract with NASA expired. Since then, their imitation orange-based drink of choice has been Sunny Delight. So, yeah, we got plenty of D. Just fascinating. We have time for one more. Sally, star journalist of our school paper, do you have a question? Yes, thank you. Sally Bedig, The Recess Daily. Would you care to comment on being the only podcasters chosen for the Anti-Extinction Cave program when there are obviously so many better options? It's not about being better. It's about being two straight white men who have a podcast. And it's super niche, too. Who else does a podcast about movies? Literally every boy I know has a podcast about movies. Even Robbie? Yeah, man. Rate and subscribe to Real to Real with Robbie McNeil. Shit. It rhymes. It's a dissection of modern cinema, tracing back the influential styles of your favorite filmmakers. And we do it while fishing. Damn, that's good. All right, this press conference is over. Everybody have a safe apocalypse. And we're back, high on film. We're talking about Deep Impact, and now we are ready to dig into this film. And of course, we're an optimistic podcast. Did I mention that earlier? I don't think I did. Maybe not. All right, well, I'm saying it now. So we like to start with... Best scene. What are the best scenes in Deep Impact? Let's go uh, three, two, one. What do you think? Jen? I have, uh, well, hmm. I have a couple. I love 
when people watch a good news story in Times Square. I just want to mention that. <laughs> I, we don't watch enough news <laughs> stories in Times Square anymore. Um, We're just all looking down at our phones instead of up at the big TVs. Yeah, let's all get in a public place. And watch TV. And hear some apocalyptic news together. <laughs> We like might good, get a chance soon. It, yeah. seems like, it seems like a good time for it. That's a good point. Bunch of people together. Um, <laughs> it's no. also a good point, friend. <laughs> yeah. There is a pandemic still going on at the time of this podcast. Yep. Um, I also love how no one finishes a phone call in any of these movies where they're like, I've got the president on the line. Get me that thing from 1994! <laughs> like, I, I, I just wanted to do some honorable mention fun things. That, um, of course, of course. Um... Yeah, and my third best scene is probably when the the mom and Taylioni, Jenny Lerner and her mom are have the martinis mm-hmm. and they're having that conversation about the dad remarrying and stuff. Just seemed like a well acted scene. I like Vanessa Redgrave a lot. So. She's a very good actress. Yeah, um, and then probably. I really liked the scene with Morgan Freeman and Jenny Lerner, their first scene together in that kitchen when he's negotiating that yeah. she waits on the story, sits on the story for two days. I thought that that was like a a pretty, uh, I, I was even still like, wait, what's going on? Like, I, I thought it was a nice divulging of information. I also thought it was well acted. Morgan Freeman outclasses everybody, but it's, yeah, I, I like that a lot. I, I love this scene. I mean, it's yeah. Morgan Freeman's first appearance in the movie. And it's written really cleverly. Mm-hmm. So Taylioni doesn't really know what she's talking about, but she's playing it like she does. Uh, they say, you know, they, she makes that joke about the Manhattan Project, and oh, well, that was just the atom bomb, even though she still thinks it's something to do with an affair. Yeah, it's it's an interesting heel turn for a journalist, you know what I mean, where she thinks she has something salacious and something that will dominate news cycles and, like, nothing matters anymore, and you can feel them both playing those realities. Like, he knows nothing this is an insane amount of news where, like, affairs don't count yeah, in she's news anymore. bluffing her way into yeah, this. Yeah, so it's a, a fun meeting of the minds. And I'll say one last thing for that scene. when I've never found Morgan Freeman scarier than when she goes, I want, and he goes, want? Yeah. It's so intimidating. Like, And she's like, I... May, may I, I ask? Yeah. And I was like, oh, it's so good. I, yeah. I'm with you on that scene wholeheartedly. Yeah, I like that a really one a lot. Good scene. And then I kind of have three as, like, the Morgan Freeman address to the nation. I, I just think he's the best part of the movie, so kind of anything with him is my number one. But, yeah. That's pretty much what I did. Too. Like, my number one was that presidential press conference, but it's mostly Morgan Freeman kind of outclassing everybody in this movie. But I do think that presidential press conference is very realistic of how how something like that would probably go with a normal president. Um, like, his announcement is very very well thought out for the most part especially that they push things like um people over 50 like he doesn't won't won't go into the cave like or i guess that's later on but um but it's very smart and i actually really like once he's done explaining what's going on then the three questions that jenny Lerner gets um particularly the third one with the That'll, her sources basically say that the spaceship is not going to save it. Like, a lot of people believe that that won't save us. Mm-hmm. And you kind of get that moment with Morgan Freeman kind of realizing this is the one thing uh, that she's blown up that is kind of a problem and was unexpected. Yeah. Is that people are aware this might not work. Um, but overall, it's Morgan Freeman mm-hmm. in this movie. Does outclass everybody, and pretty much every scene of his is the best acted part of this film. Mm-hmm. Uh, my number two is uh, the Jenny Lerner sacrifice scene, actually. I think it's pretty... I think it's high tension, and you know, you now know, like, her boss is not going to be able to leave with her child, and her boss is basically like, I'm just going to sit here with my kid and just let things happen, and she grabs the kid and she's chasing after him, you think that... What a red herring that is, too. Yeah. yeah. Like, you think Tay Leone's just gonna hop on the the helicopter with her daughter, and just like, hey, I'm gonna save this kid, sorry, you can't go with her, and then the reveal that she's letting her go and sacrificing herself plays pretty well for me. I, I, I think that's a really interesting turn, and it's a... 
as far as emotions go in this movie, it's probably the, as far as you can get with that. It's probably the most most emotional scene. Could you imagine if Tay Leone got on the helicopter and the shot of her in the helicopter with the kid, the kid flying away? <laughs> yeah, the mom like the kid like waving. <laughs> hey, mom! Yeah. I'm on a helicopter. Yeah. What kind of mother daughter relationship is that too with Tay <laughs> Leone and this girl that ripped her from her mother? If it went that way. <laughs> And I think the third scene is just the build up to the comet hitting, and then the comet hitting. Like, I is your number three? It's my number three. I, I think that you don't get it until the very end, and it's it looks good enough, and it, it, it's it, it's very memorable. Like you seeing all the buildings get knocked down, you see Tay Leone and her father, and all, all of it. it. It it works. This movie's satisfying in that way, where like normally they spare like half the characters that you meet and don't and the fact that they like most of well, the yeah. fact that all the astronauts go on the suicide mission eventually and stuff and like that people do die and cities do become ruined and stuff yeah Lily Sobieski's parents gone yeah it's kind right. of satisfying in that way where to watch these people perish yeah that's a big difference I think between <laughs> that and Armageddon well where, it's, like, it's like a little more realistic like yeah if this happened there would probably be very some few main characters major casualties yeah. die very few main characters in Armageddon die a lot of Medium characters in this die. And main characters. Main so, characters. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Just Leone. a lot of normal people. You, see, parents. A, you yeah. see a ton of normal people just Dr. Wolf. Out. Dr. Wolf. We'll get to that. We'll get if to you want to play a drinking game, drink every time Chris says wolf on this podcast. <laughs> 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 we got to put it at the beginning. Oh, we yeah. Oh, that's beginning. right. Well, I said it more than once. You talked about the wolves on the ship. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Already forgot. I, well, I was thinking it as a name, not as like a animal. Right. Sure. Uh, but anyway, Brad, I'm with you. My number three best scene is the uh, comet hitting. Uh, something I'll always remember is the water rushing away from the shore mm-hmm. and revealing like the ledge and like mm-hmm. then seeing the wall of water come back. I, it's really great. I mean, when I saw this movie in 98, that part really stuck with me. Like, oh, that's how that would happen? Like to supply the water up? Crazy. Uh, two... Absolutely the, the first press conference. Uh, it's so good. It's a great way to divulge information. Morgan Freeman is outstanding. Mm-hmm. Uh, he should have been the president in Armageddon. And Armageddon should have been an even better movie, I think. And uh, number one is the first Freeman scene with uh, Taya Leone in the kitchen. Where he's, he's kind of negotiating with her and threatening her at the same time. Um, and she kind of ends up getting her way without knowing what she's got. And I just think it's a great scene, and it's the first scene that really grabs my attention in this film. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, if there's a best scene, that also means there's a worst scene. What do we got? Bottom three. I mean, I can start. Um, I got a quick list. Go go quick, then. I'm going to be quick. Go quick. Number three, Old Man Draws Explosion. (laughs) That's uh, the Robert Duvall coloring book. Yeah. It, no, hold on. <laughs> hold on. Can't go that quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love this. I love this. Because it it's the shot starts on it looks like a child's drawing of a comet. And it's in a it red pencil. It is a red semicircle. Yeah, and a red pencil comes across it and just starts scribbling. And you pan up and it's Robert Duvall who's <laughs> yep. doing it. Yep. Not a two-year-old. Not a two-year-old. With it, a crayon. And they stay on him scribbling. <laughs> For a while. Yeah. Like it's art. Yeah. Yep. Um, number two is the ageist lottery. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, anyone over 50 isn't allowed to be saved, and that is a very young age. Unless they were already part of the 200,000 already pre selected. Right. Right. Unless you're pre selected. Yes. But if you're not pre selected, if you're not a doctor or. Brad and myself. Diplomat. Yeah. You guys are over 50. <laughs> no, no, we're pre-selected. Oh, uh, you're pre-selected. Right, I forgot. Podcast astronauts. Right, yeah. right, right. Podcast astronauts. Um, but I, uh, yeah, age is lottery. And then number one worst is the child wedding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And we get all those pretty like bang, bang, bang. Yeah, they're pretty <laughs> That's bang, like bang. about 50% into the movie. You, you would even said, uh, I think about halfway through the movie, you're like, I really like this. Yeah, I, well, it was right before child wedding, age is lottery, and old man draws explosion. <laughs> Yeah, because it does, I mean, the first hour of the movie isn't bad. The first hour is Armageddon. Especially because, well, you also have a lot of women in this movie, oh, which yeah. you yeah. definitely mentioned was, Jen right I'm off the top. I'm very happy to see a lot of women in this movie. Um, yeah, 
So that's that's three, two, one for me. Yeah. Um, I'll say, yeah, my three, uh, number three for me is the marriage proposal. Actually, the child marriage proposal oh. is so bad. He doesn't even really propose. He just goes, hey, what do you think about this? And holds out two rings. Yeah. Uh, is like that the same the scene rings. where he says, I'm the famous Leo Biederman? Uh, yeah, and she hill? says, but I can't marry him. I'm the famous Leo Biederman. I, I haven't, haven't used my, my fame, fame for almost, anything. I think he said almost anything. Whatever I don't it remember. Is. Yeah. Use it but it sex. is so fucking ridiculous. And he's trying to use it for sex right now. Oh, yeah. Uh, number two for me is uh, also dealing with Robert Duvall, but another aspect of the film that all the astronauts are just ragging on this guy because he's an old timer, even though he's the walked on the moon. Yeah, he's a legend. Yeah, he's Buzz Aldrin's stand-in, and like all the other astronauts, for no reason, are like, "Grandpa over here has to come with us, huh? We're probably gonna have to change his diaper too." It's so unnecessary and ridiculous because it's, he doesn't fuck up. And totally unmotivated. And unmotivated. Nothing. It's some of yeah. that Top Gun, top gun stuff. Yeah. Like, I don't like you because you're dangerous. Yeah, but he's not dangerous. He is the most experienced. <laughs> <laughs> and he even says that. He's like, you know, I'm the riverboat captain and I know this part of the river. I mean, the president <laughs> talks to him at the press conference. He's like, hey, you've really had some good experience. <laughs> yeah. You can't talk to any of you other losers. Yeah, they're like, Gramps over here is coming <laughs> with us. It's an ageist movie. It is, an, it is a very ageist movie. Very ageist yeah. movie. Uh, and number one for me has to be Taya Leone uh, finding out what Ellie is. Uh, that it's E-L-E. It is just the most convenient. She even says, she's on She's on a very er, early, early Google. And it's uh, she's just Googling E-L-E, trying to figure out what it is. Extinction level event is what we eventually find out. Um, but then she's like, she even says, what does paleontology have to do with anything? And then just starts clicking random links, just hoping extinction ELE will come up. <laughs> and then just like, and it's literally every click she makes is the right one to get to extinction level event. A comet will hit the earth. That's how the dinosaurs died. And then she goes, oh my God. That's my worst sense. She got there from Extinction Studies. Yes. That's what got her yeah, to yeah, Extinction yeah. Level event. Yeah. So good. That has an E in it. Yeah. That's, that whole scene does drive me nuts. There's no <laughs> true path she follows. She just randomly runs into it it's through pure Google search. Yeah. Internet instinct, baby. <laughs> Early internet instinct. It's yeah. only been around for two years. Um, yeah, I mean, my number three is that no people over 50 and that people can't travel. Like, definitely some of the people can't travel to see their loved ones, but the pre-selected people basically can. Uh, yeah. All of that is, and the people they select to go into the caves are, sure, doctors, scientists, artists, I guess, but all of that is very problematic, though unfortunately probably kind of realistic that's what i was gonna say i mean this all is terrible but probably pretty realistic especially with yeah. what we've seen oh yeah in recent months here i kept thinking that in during it i was like am i just adapted to a global crisis or am i like this all is exactly how this would play out oh, yeah. <laughs> like well, uh, it would play out worse than I think Deep Impact, because like Morgan Freeman says, I mean, one is a very calming voice of reason. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> like the most yeah. common yeah. voice of reason. He narrated an Oscar-winning movie about penguins, and we all loved it. Uh, but he also says like, okay, guys, no looting, don't freak out. That absolutely would not happen. No he, one would he listen. He enacts martial law at some point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there would definitely be looting, especially in those last like week. Like oh, all hell yeah. would break loose. Um, and that part I don't feel like they get really to the to the crux of. Even though this movie takes the uh, actual events of this, I think, much more seriously and realistically than Armageddon. Yes. Probably to its fault. Uh, so yeah, that was three. Two is the entire beginning with Dr. Wolf. Um, Dr. Wolf. Dr. Wolf, who <laughs> figures, gets an email from his... Student Leo Biederman, who he like has to look at the picture of the class to show that he's taught high school student has connection to high school students. He gets the information. He this now the serve, but he, once he figures out the information, now the servers are down, so he can't send the email. He doesn't call on his own phone. Now he has to drive recklessly to mail something at night, which the urgency of it makes no sense because at the night you probably wouldn't be able to mail it anyway. He, 
and then he just runs into a truck, explodes and how over a hill. Rich is this white public school that they have like eighteen telescopes outside with these kids in the beginning. <laughs> it's a bunch of bullshit. White suburban public school. Yeah. <laughs> a bunch of nonsense. There's a wonderful podcast called Nice White Parents. Plug. <laughs> That's how they get very expensive telescopes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, my number one is pretty much everything around the character Leo Biederman. Uh, in this movie. He's a little weenie. He sucks, first of all. Second of all, like, this whole thing where they didn't realize he was not dead. They thought he died with Wolf, and that's how they... They justify it by saying the White House got confused. Got it wrong. Got it wrong. The White House got it wrong. <laughs> Which but also right leads into what my, like, the true crux of it is, is the, like, press conference at his high school Ugh. with the whole school there. <laughs> And they're talking about... One of my joke best scenes. I mean, it's like... Uh, he says at one point, like, oh, to be named after the comet, it's a little crazy, but it's kind of cool. Yeah. And, and, which is insane to say when the world might end. Um, and the, you know, oh, famous people... Famous people get to, uh, you know, you're famous, so you get to have more sex. That fucking dude who stands up. Yeah. <laughs> Takes a bow. High five at his bros. I read that line was improvised. Oh. By that kid. Oh, really? Good <laughs> yeah. on him. He got kid himself some more screen time. Yep. yep. Kid stood up and said, now that you're famous, you'll get more laid. <laughs> um, that whole press conference scene at his high school is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. It's it's bad. It's well, I, I love it because it's so funny. It's so ridiculous. And the fact that... And Mike O'Malley sitting there kind of smiling, yeah. nodding along. But Leo Biederman never shows almost any sign until the very end that something terrible is going on. He is just happy to milk this fame. And, like, him being connected to this comic thing for all it's worth and is so happy about it and tonally feels ridiculous in this movie. Yeah. Uh, and I'll just say also, in the end speech uh, that's supposed to inspire us all, I love that Morgan Freeman says, And the waves hit Europe and Africa too. <laughs> and that is all the mention the rest of the world gets in this movie. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> oh, America. Now it's time for a brand new segment, uh, especially for the Fraternal Twin Film Festival that we're doing here. Let's do... Same Scene. It's a head-to-head comparison of our double feature and their overlaps as voted by us right now. Each category will add a point to that film's total, and we will uh, we'll start it off with three categories of just plain facts, and we'll get into the, the real democracy of it to find out if Armageddon or Deep Impact is better compared to what they share in common. Gotcha? Got it? Gotcha? I gotcha. gotcha. And I gotcha. got it. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to start off uh, with a little bit of uh, the, the facts here. So release date, like I said, Deep Impact comes first. So that's getting one point right away. Wow. Boom. Wow. Boom. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Budget. Get on versus your editors. Sorry. <laughs> budget versus box office. Unfortunately... Armageddon made one and a half times what Deep Impact made. Mm. Yeah, that sounds so, about right. So Armageddon richer gets wallop. the point there. I'm, I'm actually, a richer wallop. I'm actually surprised it's not higher than that. Yeah. I thought maybe yeah. that could be higher. So good well, for Deep Impact. That's Deep still pretty Impact good. was probably the early blockbuster. It came out early May, so we hadn't get... It was the, the, the herald of the summer movie season, you know? And Armageddon was just huge. It was big, July 4th. Yeah, yeah. Big Willy Weekend. Uh, and, of course, uh, the other third, or no, of, of four we're going to do, actually. Uh, we're going to do Oscar noms. Armageddon had four Oscar noms. What? Yeah, yeah, so that <laughs> no. one gets a point. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it did. Uh, sound, sound effects, editing, visual effects, and best original song. Oh. <laughs> it didn't win any. It didn't win anything, but it was nominated. <laughs> nominated what? for four. Was Deep Impact nominated for Nom- anything? Deep Impact was not nominated for anything. Oh. Yeah. And then, uh... Runtime, and this one I guess we'll, we'll vote on this. Deep Impact is two hours and one minute. Armageddon is two hours and 31 minutes. What do you think? Who gets the point? Deep Impact. Deep Impact. Deep Impact gets the points. So yeah. We are all tied up two to two. So, who has the better asteroid size comparison? Let's see. Armageddon calls their asteroid the size of Texas. Deep Impact says it is seven miles long, 500 billion tons, Mount Everest, or New York. From the north side of Central Park to the Battery. 
I might give that the deep impact. I gotta give it the deep impact. <laughs> I like Armageddon. Just tell me a state. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Fair, fair, well, fair. we each get a vote, so I'm gonna mark those down. Yep. Okay. Which movie has the better dysfunctional father-daughter relationship? <laughs> is it Bruce Willis and Liv Tyler, or is it Taya Leone and Maximilian Schell? It is Bruce Willis and Liv Tyler. Yeah, Bruce Willis and Liv Tyler. I think that's true. Yes. Who has the better Houston and astronaut crew? We have Billy Bob Thornton in Armageddon. We've got Kurtwood Smith in Deep Impact as our Houstons. Mm-hmm. Red Foreman. Smith. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the crews, Armageddon, you got Bruce Willis, Ben Affleck, William Fickner, uh, Ken Campbell, Will Patton, Steve Buscemi, Owen Wilson, Michael Clark Duncan, Jessica Steen. Uh, and in Deep Impact, you have uh, Ron Eldard, uh, Mary McCormick, um, Blair Underwood, John Favreau, Robert Duvall, and each team has one Russian. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I gotta give that one to Armageddon. Yeah, me too. That's gotta be an Armageddon sweep there, yeah. I think. Yeah. Better young couple in love. Is it Elijah Wood and, and Lily Sobieski, or is it Ben Affleck? I can't believe this is such Liv a no Tyler. such a no brainer, but it is definitely Ben Affleck and of Liv Tyler. Of course it is. Okay. They're adults, and they're the worst part. Of but it. he's the famous Leo Biederman. Oh. Worst part of that movie. Okay, guys, which movie has the better astronaut floating off into space? Is it Ken Hudson Campbell as Max, or is it John Favreau as Gus in Deep Impact? John Favreau. I'm gonna go Max. Wow. There's more. I think it's more emotional pull for Max. Okay, I, I think I have to go Max too. Mm. No, just because. Yeah, just because my last name is Maxwell. Yep, yeah. that's it. You guys call me Max, so that's what I'm going for. The one where <laughs> Max dies. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> Can Perfect. I change my vote? <laughs> no, sorry, it's written in pen. We write in pen here on High and Film. Uh, okay, guys, which film has the better presidential speech? Um, Deep Impact. Deep Impact. Impact. Yeah. Sleeps that one. Yeah, much needed sleep for Deep Impact. The better self-sacrifice. Is it Bruce Willis in Armageddon when he switches AJ? Uh, or, now, Deep Impact actually has two. Because not only do you have Taya Leone giving her boss and the child the uh, helicopter seat, the astronaut crew also sacrifices all five of their lives. Deep Impact. I really think the sacrifice the astronauts make in Deep Impact is actually noble and very nicely done. Like, I like that scene right before they dive into the comet. Yeah, I... Deep Impact is... Uh, I have to go Armageddon on that one. Okay. Yeah. Mm. I, I don't want to, but I have to. It's more emotional pull for me whether I like it or not. I'm a Jen. I'm going to Deep Impact. I, I think it's... It is. It's. It's. It feels more important that everyone's doing it, not just one person. Agree. This goes back to seeing this movie when I first saw it in theaters and for, and that sacrifice of Bruce Willis stuck with me more for longer. Mm. Isn't it funny they both do it in a tricksy manner too? Taylor Leone and Bruce Willis yeah. both are like yeah. trick us into thinking they're not going to do it. Yeah, That's how you add more suspense and that... emotional reaction. Uh, I should have paid more attention to Hitchcock films. There you go. Alright guys, and now uh, your opinion. What is the better movie? Armageddon. Armageddon. Yeah, I think so too. Alright. It's more fun. It's kind of obvious that Armageddon's the best. <laughs> yeah, I mean... We don't need to reveal this later. Yeah. We can, <laughs> you can do the quick math on it there, Chris? Yeah, I'll do the quick math. <laughs> it is 18 to 10. Armageddon takes it. Yeah. 18 to 10. Well, I mean, that's probably true. Like I said earlier, uh, I think Michael Bay is right for saying shut the fuck up, Ben Affleck, because while this is a more realistic depiction, Armageddon is just like, it gets in, it gets out, like you're supposed to do with scripts, considering all of Armageddon happens in the first hour of this film. And drilling. And in drilling. and out. Well, it, it, <laughs> in and out. it gives you under more underdogs. And, it and just, they save the world. And the, Yeah. And Deep Impact happy doesn't ending, save the world. Kicks a little more ass. Yeah. yeah. And it moves more. I mean, not nothing against it, but Deep Impact definitely has a lot of news broadcasts going on, which isn't the most exciting parts of a big budget film. Yeah. I did enjoy that structure, though. But it's not as exciting. Yeah, it's not as exciting. Well, guys, uh, it is time for our final podcast game. <laughs> it's time for milking it. Guys, we're going to bring out the big computer of Hollywood ideas. Reboots, reboots. <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. Prequels, sequels, from the top. and genres. No, I will not. We no. cannot waste a minute of time. And genres. Uh, and we'll each have it give us a computer printout that has been analyzed uh, with not only different uh, genres, but also actors and directors' names to reimagine this film, either starring one of those people, made by one of those people, or pigeonholed into one of our favorite blockbuster video categories. Got it? Got it. Mm-hmm. Great. We'll each need a title and a quick summary um, for the cards that, the cards, the printouts that we'll get. They're yes, not cards, printouts. they're printouts. Cards. Oh, yeah. boy. Chris, what a, what a slip. And it, of course, will be in your specified pitch time, uh, which will also be given to you by the big computer, 2000. You'll get a choice of three, either the elevator pitch, which will give you 30 seconds to get out your movie idea, a water cooler pitch, which will give you a full minute to get your movie idea into the minds of the executives, or the boardroom pitch, 90 seconds, or a full minute and a half metric. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) To present your (laughs) film idea. You're welcome. All right, so let's get the old machine out here that we spent all our budget on. Here are the results. Jen, do you want to read yours first? Uh, okay, let's see here. Mm-hmm. What'd you get? Mm-hmm. Through the papers. Um, elevator pitch. Okay. Sequel. Oh, you're going to have 30 seconds to do the sequel. Brad, what did the printout give you? I got the water cooler pitch. Oh. And Guillermo del Toro. So if Guillermo del Toro directed Deep Impact. Interesting. Very interesting. Chris, what do you have? Uh, well, we went in order. I got the boardroom pitch. Um, no way. Yeah, way. Wow. A minute 30 to make Deep Impact a romantic comedy. Oh. Okay, okay. Everyone's favorite. More Just child wedding. love. <laughs> More child wedding. Yeah, we already have a child wedding, so how oh. hard is this going to be? <laughs> Just marry off that baby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll marry off that baby and you pers- give it a Pacific Rim job. <laughs> Oh, oh boy. boy, we'll that be was right all back. In one second. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we drew them in order, so uh, let's let's have them in order. The elevator pitch is first up. That's Jen. Yeah. With the Deep Impact sequel. Okay. Here you we re- go. You ready? Mm-hmm. Thirty seconds. Okay. And the elevator doors are. Shut. Okay, so here this. Leo Biederman and Sarah Hotchner survived the comet striking Earth with Sarah's baby brother, who now calls his sister Mom. It's 15 years after Leo took Sarah from her parents, leaving them to die in a traffic jam. Things are not good for the Biedermans. She drinks every day because everything she's ever known is gone, and she was convinced to marry the guy whose telescope was next to hers in astronomy club at only 15 years old. Leo can't get a job because he suffers child actor fate since he became famous at a young age for simply glimpsing into a telescope and saying, what's that? Their marriage is a toxic mess. Leo DiCaprio and Kate Winslet star in Revolutionary Road. All right. Okay. <laughs> Might have walked off the elevator before uh, he heard that. No, no, <laughs> they were interested. It gets made. <laughs> it's called Revolutionary Road. Yeah. <laughs> very nice, very nice. Okay, Brad, uh, you have Guillermo del Toro's vision of Deep Impact with yeah. our water cooler one-minute pitch. Yes. Are you ready? Yes. Here we go. Start chugging water. So we mostly follow the astronauts in this movie with no Leo Leo Biederman and a little less uh, Jenny uh, Lerner and Morgan Freeman still very much involved. We're following the astronauts more and they get to the comet and realize it has a personality and a soul. It's innocent and unaware of what, like that it's just hurling through space without actually aware of what it's about to do. It doesn't want to hit anything and it's scared it might. The crew grows fond of it and becomes friendly even knowing what they are about to do to it. Of course, once they finally feel guilty enough to explain, the rock understands and agrees to be blown up. When they aren't successful, um, they realize that they have now wounded the creature. uh, And once they finally realize they have to kind of go back and blow the creature up to stop it, um, them and the rock get cozy uh, and are ready to be blown into smithereens together. Uh, in the movie that's named after the comet, Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> <I> was, uh, <laughs> no. 
I actually, like, it would be called Ellie, uh, but sure, sure. it was a lot funnier to call it Rocky when it's I was great. came up with it. It was a lot funnier to call it Rocky. <laughs> but, okay, Ellie, Ellie. Ellie would actually be the name, but Rocky's funnier. Not bad. Not bad at all. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, all right, Chris. Okay. You have the rom-com for the boardroom pitch. One and a half, 90 seconds. One and a half minutes. Are you ready? Yes, sir. In three, two, one. All right, folks, thanks for letting me in here today. Um, let's see, what we're gonna do, we're gonna focus on Jenny Lerner. She's a single, upwardly mobile Washington reporter, but her family's a little less traditional. Her deadbeat father just remarried a woman only two years her senior, and her mother is at her wit's end about it, okay? <laughs> so she's trying to juggle all this and a, uh, a busy career. Um, and one day, snooping around the White House for a lead in an alleged juicy affair with the president, uh, she bumps into Jake, our beefy Secret Service agent. Uh, with a heart of gold, of course. Mm. They instantly hit it off, fall in love, they start dating, um, and in, journey, in Jenny's in investigations, uh, she finds, she learns of a cataclysmic asteroid speeding towards Earth. Of course, now she's left torn. Her, her job, to do her job, she must report on the asteroid, but to, if she does that, then she sacrifices Jake's job because she found out because of his love for her. So she must choose between her job and uh, her relationship, um, and uh, she'll decide when she finds out what impacts the heart. Uh, what impacts the heart? What impacts the heart. What impacts the heart. Yes. yes. Like what dreams may come. Yeah. <laughs> or with. <laughs> what dreams may come with. Oh no! With the is heart. the acronym. With is the what? oh oh what oh, oh, is the, the, the heart. heart? Oh yes yes yes. Other known as with the with. blockbuster with. <laughs> <laughs> but that's it. That's what it is. Great. Yeah. yeah. Great moment, right. guys. I think uh, we just sold three movies. If yeah. you don't mind me saying so. Wow. Probably. Probably. Yeah. And unfortunately, we're about out of time. Uh, here comes that asteroid that we didn't stop, Brad. Out of time for good. Out of time for good. Do I have to? Do I have to be here? <laughs> uh, I don't think we're allowed to travel anymore. Oh well, no! Yeah, here it comes. You can see it through the window. Oh yeah, and, bigger than I thought. Yeah. Do we want to count down or anything? Sure. Like New Year's. <laughs> like New Year's. <laughs> Three. Three. Two, one. Hey guys, uh, welcome back. If you're if you're still out there. Uh, turns out there was a, a little mix-up with the with the cave admissions. They didn't let us in. They said podcastronaut wasn't an essential job. So naturally, uh, we fled to higher ground. Uh, we're currently broadcasting from beautiful, existing Big Bear, California. Uh, so Brad, I, I believe we left off with one segment left. Uh, you just watched Deep Impact and survived Armageddon. Wow. What are you going to do next? Uh, boy, I, I guess I'm going to go watch a, a, a good episode of The West Wing, uh, directed, uh, Emmy-nominated Mimi Leader uh, from the last season, the first, uh, one, part two from the election episode. Oh. Just, uh, to pay a little tribute to Mimi Leader. Yeah. Uh, and isn't, uh, Richard Schiff in West Wing? Correct. As well? He is in West Wing as well, so it works out perfectly. Is Taya Leone in West Wing? No. No. Uh, but Mary McCormick is. She's oh, also in this movie. Oh, Mary yes, McCormick Mary McCormick is. is. So, yeah, we got the whole cast. We got, we got two of them. The whole cast of us. <laughs> two of them. <laughs> Mary McCormick and Richard Schiff. The big Everyone's two. Everyone's favorite. <laughs> yeah, Mary McCormick, everybody's favorite West Wing cast member. Jen Murray, you just watched Deep Impact and survived Armageddon. What are you going to do next? Big Bear is beautiful, by the way. Gorgeous. Thanks for bringing me. Waterfront property now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Too real. I'm going to call my loved ones because, judging by these movies, this earth could blow up at any minute. So. Uh, judging by these movies and these movies only. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Nothing in reality. Nothing going on outside besides good 
fake movies. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I like that. That's a great way to put it. Mm -hmm. Good fake movies. <laughs> Chris, you just watched Deep Impact. What are you going to do next? Uh, you know, Brad, even with everything going on in the world, uh, we still have a podcast to do. We're still here. So I'm going to prep for Halloween. Oh. Uh, and I'm going to start watching some scary movies. And I think we'll be back next week. I'm pretty sure we'll be back. With two of those. Do you want to say what they are? Your call. Let's do it. All right. <laughs> We're going to do the original 1931 Frankenstein uh, and uh, its sequel, Bride of Frankenstein. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> That's the reaction we wanted. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. So a bright spot in all this madness. Yeah. yeah. A monster that destroys things. <laughs> yeah, but we all learn a lesson, I think. That's what's important. That you don't play God. Ah. And isn't that what we learned here in Deep Impact? Yep. Yep. That Armageddon's better. I think that's what we <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Jen, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad you guys are back. This is very exciting. We, we need you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Essential yeah. podcast notes. Yeah. Thank you, finally. Essential podcast Someone tell that to cave admissions. Yeah, or Morgan Freeman. Yeah, really. I wish I could tell Morgan Freeman anything. anything. Yeah. Uh, of course, people should follow you on Twitter. Sure. At uh, some Jen Murray. Uh, yeah, I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I'm on, yeah, you can see my, the link. Oh, to my uh, sketch pilot in my um, bio and Instagram. Actually, it's not there anymore, but. Yeah. <laughs> you can put it back there. Yeah, yeah. Get deep. Everything's on the internet forever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You just DM me and I'll tell you. Where the sketch pilot is. She'll and send you a link. Where I've been donating. So. Oh, <laughs> yeah. very important. Yes. Brad, thank you as always. An absolute pleasure as always, Chris. So good to be back. Oh, so good to be back. Uh, I couldn't have said it better myself in those very simple words. And we're very happy that you're listening and back as well. Uh, and we'll, we'll see you next week. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Goodbye. High on Film is a Maxwell Davis Productions podcast. For more information, follow at High on Film on Twitter and Instagram, or email the High on Film Show at gmail.com. Original music by Zach Pfeiffer, and special thanks to Carly Walsh for lending her voice to this episode.